Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, James Berryman and A. Armstrong. You are the dill to our pickle. Folks, the Patreon helps so, so much. We really appreciate it. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Heaven. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, the cover for Peter S. Beagle's new book, I'm Afraid You've Got Dragons, has been released along with a release date of May 14th, 2024. Peter S. Beagle is, of course, the author of the legendary 1968 novel The Last Unicorn, among many other celebrated titles. And I've got a blurb here for the new book that I'd like to read to all of you because it sounds delightful. I like to tell everybody, I'm not shilling for anybody. I'm not on anybody's payroll. I just uh, like Peter Beagle, and I really wanted to tell you all about this new book we shill for no man <laughs> i mean hit us up or if woman. you got yeah we, we, we will eventually oh, actually yeah, no, yeah if you pay like, a third <laughs> price for shilling for sure we, we actually, <laughs> shut up chad we shill for no broke man <laughs> i'm excited about this because the cover looks cool and this seems um very whimsical kind of um almost like terry pratchett ish uh, so i'm gonna read the blurb here dragons are common in the backwater kingdom of belmontane coming in sizes from mouse-like vermin all the way up to castle smashing monsters Gaius Aurelius Constantine Heliogabalus Thrax, who would rather people call him Robert, has recently inherited his deceased dad's job as a dragon catcher slash exterminator, a career he detests with all his heart, in part because he likes dragons, feeling a kinship with them, but mainly because his dream has always been the impossible one of transcending his humble origin to someday become a princess valet. Needless to say, fate has something rather different in mind. Uh, so yeah, that sounds really awesome that's definitely a book that i would really like to buy and and read um, absolutely I, I, did you read the last unicorn you might have watched the movie i don't think i did i watched the movie i think yeah the movie's famous for making like an entire couple of generations of children like terrified because it's like a really there's like some pretty creepy like really dark parts of the movie i think that's a rankin bass movie like the same people that did the hobbit uh the 1970s something like animated one i could be wrong about that rankin bass I don't even know if I'm saying the the name. Oh, no, I'm right. It yeah. was 1982, I believe. It also does like those weird Christmas movies that were like on TV in like the 60s. You know, like where oh, right. their eyes are all like wide and they move in like really stilted weird ways and their mouth is always like wide open. I tried watching the one about Santa Claus and like the year without a Santa Claus or whatever it was called. And I was just like, like thoroughly creeped out. <laughs> like Uncanny Valley sort of creepy. It's weird. They're weird looking. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that is Rankin Bass. Evan, hell yeah. Remembering who made... The animated 1982 Last Unicorn for all of our listeners who needed to know that information. And to know that Evan is so good at his memory. I mean, surprising no one, your memory is rocks. But I remember, I'm looking at screenshots of it now, and I, I definitely yeah. watched it. And this movie is super creepy. Yeah, there's definitely... I mean, it's funny because the book... There's like one part of the book that I remember like on the beach, I think, which was like really dark and like kind of like, whoa, like because the tone of the book is really, it's not like funny, really. I mean, there's funny parts to it, but it's not funny like this is. Like this is like, this seems like deliberately kind of like it, more in the vein of a Douglas Adams or Terry Pratchett or like a Christopher Moore right, right. or something like that. But like with Last Unicorn, like it felt um, a little more like fairy tale-ish, like a little bit more like a, like a serious like fairy tale if that's even a thing but i'm excited i mean i didn't even know peter s beagle was putting books out i mean i know he was busy and he, he had like some kind of like weird lawsuit thing a couple mm. years ago where i can't remember exactly what happened with that but it's cool to see that he's putting stuff out totally. I mean, this looks pretty fun the thing i really like about rankin bass movies or i think that 
I don't know, maybe inspired some more modern movies, especially like the new Spider-Mans with the Across the Spider-Verse and Into the Spider-Verse is the playing of colors, the allowing colors and like the background colors to represent the like emotional feel that's happening in the shot. And they like they'll use like wacky colors like mountains should never be, you know, like dark purple or something like they just yeah. you would never see that in nature. But they use these really cool like color splashes where you're walking in a room and everything will be like dark blue yeah and, they you know, do have like those weird kind of like filters almost on everything yeah filters yeah. that's a good word for it totally and uh you know there's a scene that and i think i talked about this on a previous uh, episode but there's a scene in in the new across the spider-verse where a character is really sad and it's all like it's like dark dark blue in this room with like almost black in the corners and then the character runs across the room and hugs the other character and from that hug emanates this like light like purplish pink that just like goes out and it's just like representing the love felt between the two of them and how like one simple act of love can really counteract like a whole bunch of darkness and animosity between two people and i just really like that sort of stylistic representation of colors you know it's funny that you're mentioning uh watching something because it's going to lead right right into what i was doing Ooh, tell me about your week dude i watched blue eye samurai yeah like i haven't i haven't finished it by a long shot there's a lot of show there like each episode is almost it but damn oh my god yeah oh listeners like okay so i I typically chad tells me about a show and then like i'll say i'm gonna watch watch it it. and then i won't watch (laughs) it um but i actually had some people dm me since that episode where chad and i talked about it and thank you for for dming me people i've had a couple people reach out and say hey i know you don't ever watch anything (laughs) that chad tells you to watch but you should watch this and then Chad and I talked about it again when we were on the phone or something. And he's like, did you watch it yet? And I was like, fine, I'll watch it. Uh, and wow. <laughs> I was like, this one, though, for real, though, you should really watch this one. It is really, really good, man. It is such an excellent show. Like, I just love everything about it. I love the story. I love how it's like, it's it's very much in line with like, with what I feel like are some tried and tested kind of like tropes, you know? Totally. You know, like like being raised by the sword master, like the blind sword or the blind blacksmith, you know, who's like very, very wise. And, you know, it's just there's like the the sword cutting the raindrop kind of like there's so many things. that yep. It's like you've totally seen this before, but it's just it's pulled off in such a it's like this extremely self-aware and extremely confident presentation. You know, like, oh, man, like it is just such a knockout yeah, like- show nobody who made that show was it like their first time working on an anime you know it's like they got the masters the best of the best and you can just tell in every area from the soundtrack to the writing the visualness of it like the art within it was so good yeah it's um the lessons the message is great too yeah i mean i'm i'm really excited to finish it it's probably gonna take me a couple more days uh because i don't watch like super i don't binge tv like super hard really like i mean i know that it's probably I've, good i've done it before but like yeah i just don't really watch tv that way but i'm very happy that i started watching it and um man it's just how far uh, are you i'm only on like the third third episode yeah nice uh, so i still have a ways to go with it but i'm just so like as soon as i finished the first one i was like whoop well, well <laughs> like yeah. i'm gonna watch this sad. entire show yeah but it's it's like i want to i want to find out more about like why is it you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm just so intrigued by, it. and I like the the structure of it. I just like everything about it. I just think it's a really yeah. cool show. So if you're listening right now and you're looking for a cool anime to watch, uh, you know it's it's not for kids. I wouldn't recommend it for kids. No, I would say like it's not like Afro Samurai like violent. You know what I mean? Like it's I mean it's close. Like it's not it's not not it's violent, but it's not violent. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean I feel like Afro Samurai is like worse. 
for yeah. sure. But it's, I mean, I mean it's, he like kills like an entire village. You yeah, know? but like I, it, this, it's still definitely pretty violent. But it's just it's a very beautiful show. It's funny. So yeah, I'm really happy that I'm that I'm watching that. Also, so th- this this has been a weird. Yeah, I'm so happy week. you're watching that before you move on. Just oh, yeah, like, no, no, I'm no. just it makes me so warm and happy and fuzzy inside that you're <laughs> no, watching. No, I can't that. wait to talk Thanks about it more. Yeah, thank you, Chad, for uh, for watching stuff that I would have not heard about and I take one for all teams yeah I appreciate it Uh, (laughs) so um as far as like stuff I've been reading it's been a weird reading week for me because all right so I'm still not done with Red Rising (sighs) like I want to be done with Red Rising I'm sorry everybody that's been listening to our episodes I'm just not in the mood for this series right now like it's just it's and I know I've said this a million times it's just so dark it's such a dark series and I'm, tr- I'm trying, you know what I mean? But I pick it up, I read a couple of chapters, and I'm just exhausted with it. Yeah, it's not only just dark. It's like darkness, but like in like a tired sort of way. It's yeah. d- it doesn't have the hope of the first three behind it, where it's like, yes, we were, we're releading this new revolution. It's like, it, it's like that hope is replaced with this like tired, like we've been struggling for so long. Will yeah. we ever win? Will yeah. we even be better than the thing that we're replacing? You know, there's yeah. all these like... Like there, it's, it feels like everyone's in too deep now, and yeah, like, which yeah, is totally. which, which I'm not knocking the series for like, like that's a, 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 an outstanding conflict to read about. I'm not saying it's not. The writing is really, really good. Although I feel like like Pierce Brown really dug in to like. I don't, I'm not trying to like judge the guy's writing or anything too much, but it's just like I feel like he like really whipped out a thesaurus for this one. You know what I mean? <laughs> like there's just some sentences where it's just like, wow, that was kind of a word soup there, bud. Like, damn, that like was the Nubrian, huh? Like I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, but it's cool. I mean, like I like I said, I mean, the Red Rising has been and will be, I'm sure, one of my favorite series. Uh, it's just, I'm just not, it's, you know, dark weather, dark events around the world and stuff. And like, it's just not really what I'm trying to read right now. We will get through it. We will talk about it. We will we will read Lightbringer, I promise. Just thanks everybody for being patient with Red Rising. But I am also reading uh, Dragons of uh, Spring Dawning. I'm almost done with the third book in the Dragonlance Chronicles. It's delightful. I like Spring Dawning the most, I think, so far out of all three of them. It's had the most... I don't know if it's just because I I like all these characters and I spent so much time with them, but it's just the series of events that's happening make the most sense in this book, if that makes sense. I feel like in the last two books... Yeah, like if, if we've got some Dragonlance fans in here, like the last two books, it feels like there's a lot of jumping around and there's a lot of just like this works because of this thing. And it's just like, okay, I guess, sure. Yeah. And then I feel like things are just like a little bit more, I'm not really slowed down as far as the like action and pacing goes, but it's slowed down and just kind of like, there's just a little bit more revelation happening in this third book, which I really, really appreciate. And I was kind of hoping for uh, in, in the third book in this series. So that's really awesome. Uh, so I'm getting that done. Should be finished with that in the next couple of days. So yeah, I'm reading that, still reading a few, a couple other things that I'm trying to focus on and get finished. But the main thing, I'm over 90% of the way through all the young dudes. I have been, dude, it's so long. Like it's so, (laughs) oh my gosh, but I've been reading so much of it. I cannot stop. I I read it constantly. Oh my God, man. It's, it's so good. Like I, and I know that everyone listening has heard me sing this, this thing's praises for so long at this point, just go read it. Like, I mean, (laughs) like, oh my God, man, it's just, it's so like, I've cried multiple times. I, I, I can't explain without spoiling but like also everybody knows you know what i mean like every, you know, everyone who's read harry potter knows like where this story about the marauders is leading right 
You know what I mean? Like it's all seen through Remus Lupin's eyes and you know that at the end of this story, you're going to have to see Remus after seven years with his best friends and a few years after Hogwarts fighting in this wizarding war. Now Remus is going to have to, and I'm not there yet, but I, I can feel it. And like, in like the mm. way that it's all building up and everything, it's like, everything's just getting darker and everything's getting worse. And Lily and James are about to be murdered by Voldemort and Remus. And we've been in Remus's head this entire time. And he's been a werewolf. He's dealing with so much. And like his best friends are about to die. And then it goes all the way up until Harry's fifth year. And you know what happens in Harry's fifth year? Sirius dies. Remus and Sirius are uh, it's just, <laughs> oh my God. God, I'm teary-eyed the whole time I'm reading it because like if I was JK Rowling I would I mean I would do a lot of stuff if I was JK Rowling but if I was JK Rowling I would I wouldn't seek out Miss King being 89 because it seems like she doesn't really or they don't really want to be talked to or definitely not she does not want to be looked for but I will say though I would at least say I would give whatever power I had to be like Bloomsbury like publish this like donate wow. the money donate the money to charity or something but like make this available for people to buy in hard copy like make this a thing like let's you know let's make sure that the person that wrote this is like taken care of in whatever way that means to the person that wrote it or whatever even if it's whatever i'm just saying this should be canon this should be part of the wizarding world everything like all of this should be canon and it, it no one else and it, it won't ever be done as well as how well this was done jk rowling would not do even half as good of a job at writing this story as this person has done like there's no wow. way there's no way that's incredible jk, JK rowling is not a good enough writer in my opinion i don't think she's as good as miss king being 89 is i mean you know she wrote harry potter she wrote some of the best children's right, right. book ever made but like there's just something so like grounded and like there's something so like intense and grown up and like ah like it's it's just it's so visceral and it's so emotional and it's it's just like it's it just takes its time does it capture the vibiness as oh uh, my god as well Wait, as the other better Harry Potter books that we love better. so much better man wow yeah like there's dude it's like no, like, entire... read, like i probably read like half of the first year you should keep reading it i'm not okay. gonna stop i'm not gonna shut up about this like i mean because you know like i mean i don't like talking about harry potter very much because i disagree with you know um jk rowling's views on a lot sure. of different things but like but also like harry potter is extremely important to me like you know like and, and anybody listening who it's also extremely important to you you should read all the young dudes like i mean just just for like uh, being a fan of like the world you know it's not just like queer remus lupin like that's not what it i mean i would <laughs> i would still read about just that personally but like i'm but it's like it's about all the events and all of the people like it adds so much more weight to like how important it was that harry was voldemort's undoing you know what i mean totally okay it's like it's so these it, it, it humanizes harry's parents like it humanizes sirius and lupin it humanizes peter pettigrew like it it it, it adds so much to what was really happening before all the events of harry potter like started happening like it explains why Dumbledore is the way he is like it explains why Snape is the way he is like it it goes into like every detail and it's all through a character's perspective who in my in my mind we didn't see enough of in like Remus Lupin is like one of the best characters in Harry Potter so like having over half a million words dedicated to his perspective is incredible especially from That's like a, rad. from a, from an 11 year old boy i'm i'm a huge fan of it i'm gonna i'm i mean i wish that there was something more i could do other than just promoting the hell out of it because i will be i mean i wish that i could 
<laughs> buy this person a drink. Like, like I wish that like, I could meet Miss King being 89 and shake their hand and just say, damn, like you really knocked it out of the park here. Like, it's just, it's just as good as any traditionally published or like really popular self-published stuff I'd ever read. You know, mm -hmm. there's some spelling errors and stuff, but like, you're just, you're, you're cruising, you know, you don't care about spelling errors. You know, I really applaud somebody who puts, I mean, cause that obviously did not take a little amount no. of time for Miss King being <laughs> or able to write that or effort, right? Like that must've consumed like quite a bit. It must've been her hobby, what she did in her free time for a few years. Yeah. And I really like respect a lot. Someone who is like. I don't know if altruism is the right word, but whatever the opposite of capitalism is, like she she wrote it with no desire for making money or expectation, yeah, 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 of making any money or getting any fame. In fact, she wants the opposite of like both of those things. It seems like or maybe the opposite of money, but she wants the opposite of fame. She doesn't want anyone to know who she is, uh, and she doesn't. And it's just crazy to me that, and almost a little sad. Not sad that she thinks that. I think it's awesome that she thinks that. Like go her, but it's sad that the world won't get to enjoy it because <laughs> of like restrictions on like copyright sure. law, you know, yeah, which yeah. like, I totally understand, but it's just like, Oh man, I wish we could, I wish I could be sitting on the shelf of a Barnes and Noble. Right. Cause she put so much of her life into it and obviously did such an amazing job. Imagine how many other people might benefit, you know, the cool flip side to it is that, you know, it sucks that we can't get, I mean, you can buy hard copies of it on like Etsy that where people have made like custom bindings of it. Oh, and stuff okay. like that. But it is free, which is awesome. Like it's, it's cool that it's like, you can literally go start reading it right now for free. And that's awesome. Like that's how I read it. I've just put it right onto my Kindle. No issues at all. It's all there. You can listen to it on audiobook. There's like three or four different people on YouTube who have read the whole thing in its entirety who do really, a really good job. It's like, it's become, you know, I, I like looked up the, the Matha Hoople song, all the young dudes which is where the title gets its name. Like the top comment was just like anything for our Mooney. Like this, we all know that this is canon, you know, and it's, uh, I'm getting, I'm getting all worked up just talking about it because like, like I said, I mean, like I, I really like Harry Potter, that whole thing is like, it really is a, a really big deal for me. And I know it's a big deal for Chad, you know, and I'm fine with like not really discussing it too much on like, like by other platforms and stuff like that just because like i don't know jk Rowling doesn't need any more money or publicity or anything like that and that's just my personal feelings on it but like it is really cool to be able to like read something that like it's like i know it's not hurting anybody and like it's really really awesome right and it's set in a setting in a world that you love that like brings yeah, back all of those yeah. feels that like well, it's like reading Harry just, Potter like, for the first time yeah yeah it's just man it does that story is will always hold a very special place in my heart, you know, and it's nice to be able to revisit that and kind of see it from a different angle and get yeah. new content on an old thing that you love. Totally. That's a, I couldn't have said it better myself. So yeah, I will, I will stop talking about it now, but like yeah, everybody, seriously, if you are, if you like, like Harry Potter, go read all the young dudes. Uh, I might, I might read a couple other fanfics. Um, I've heard that Manacled is pretty good. I think it might be a little different than all the young dudes. Um, there's a couple in there that I've been pretty curious about. Well, as King being 89, we uh, know you're listening and thank you so much for uh, yep. putting forth the work with no expectation of fame or fortune. Wow. Yep. I will be uh, singing its praises uh, for weeks, <laughs> weeks to come. Uh, thanks everybody for entertaining that. Um, and then last thing I'm going to talk about. So I watched the game awards, the video game awards. Uh, they're basically like the Oscars for video games. Okay. And, you know, I have a lot of thoughts about that, but this isn't a video game podcast, so I'm going to keep it mostly, I'll keep it mostly to myself. Um, suffice to say, 
I thought it was pretty cringy. It was like a weird event mm. and it was very like, there was a lot of like um, controversy over a lot of different things that happened at it. Mostly just that it wasn't really an awards show as much as it was. It's just an opportunity for these, these big gaming companies to kind of like just, you know, advertise and just it was just kind of gross like the entire thing was how awesome they were yeah and like nothing nothing was really like announced or anything you know like it's supposed to be like it's supposed to be like the new e3 almost where like cool stuff is announced and it's like i don't know it's a bunch of trailers for like you're a guy with a gun you're gonna run around you're gonna kill a bunch of stuff like like, it's time to go it's time to murder people like it's just (laughs) like dude i don't want to play any more of these games no one can stop you (laughs) what happens with an unstoppable force with a gun media like oh my god is this when the um the gta uh, the new GTA trailer. No, was no, released? that came out a couple of days ago. That came out a couple of days before that. Oh, okay. But like, it's. It, I feel like it's either that like shoot 'em up game, or it's like like a a woman with depression. You know what I mean? It's like mm. those are the two As categories. Yeah, like those are the two categories of video game now. Features the woman with depression. I really? mean, like Celeste is about depression, which is a very good game. I think Gree is also um, like about mental health and stuff. And it's like, you know, oh, interesting. it's a, a Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, I think is also, it's just like a lot of those kind of like, like in an all new, like narrative based, cause this is going to change the industry, like post-apocalyptic open world crafting simulator. It's just like, it's just the same thing, like over and over and over again. But anyway, I, I'm not here to just complain about that. But the reason I bring up the game awards is because Baldur's Gate three, won game of the year for the game awards, and they had shortened everybody's speeches so much that I think that they were trying to announce that Baldur's Gate 3 was now out for Xbox during that speech, but they cut the the speech. And maybe it was announced at some other point, but I must have missed it. But like, (laughs) I didn't know that Baldur's Gate 3 had been released on Xbox. They like, they like just released it. Yeah, I didn't either. I like went onto the Xbox store. I think I was checking something else. Um, but then I saw Baldur's Gate 3 and I just immediately bought it for $70 without like checking my bank account or like anything. I was like, I, compl- I didn't know if it, I didn't even, <laughs> anyway, I've spent $70 on it and I booted it up and it is incredible. Like it, it's incredible. It's so man. So, so wait, so Chad, you haven't played it now, nah, but I've watched like hours of it being played by my okay, roommate. So, so we can talk about it a little bit. And um, totally. so everybody, thank you so much for, for entertaining this next conversation because this is centered around video games, but it's also based on D and D and Chad and I have actually read some Salvatore and some stuff that's set in Kran and stuff. So, or not Kran, sorry, I'm reading Dragonlance, uh, favorite. I'm sorry. I'm getting my I'm getting my uh, D and D's. Okay, man. After about forty worlds, it's okay if you get your lines crossed a few times. But anyway, uh, so I I boot up Baldur's Gate and the cinematics are just like, oh my god! Like the cinematics look so good, and it's like mostly cinematics for a while, and then. I started playing it and I was like, ah, there's that clunky Baldur's Gate, like, like kind of stiff, like walking, yeah. like I was, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not mad about it or anything. It was just funny how like, it's really in the conversation, like when it, when it, oh, of course there's, I'm not knocking Baldur's Gate three. I'm, I, I would not presume. I'm just saying it was kind of a funny cut from like these amazing cutscenes to like, like all right now now <laughs> yeah, it looks yeah. like it ah, looks like kind of like graphics. a yeah it's like a like an like a late stage like xbox 360 game kind of you know what yeah, i mean right. like it, it looks a little bit better than that obviously but like the game is not about like it still looks really good but it, it's not about it, it like does look pretty good it's not about like groundbreaking graphics or anything it's about the combat system it's about the depth it's about the character creations it's about mm-hmm. the story it's character like, progression the progression the, the the you building a party i will say though like i'm having a ton of fun with it 
it's very overwhelming. Like there's so much about it that like I understand for sure, but it's just been a while since I played a game like this. Um, with with this much depth, and I just I forgot how long the battles can take sometimes. Yeah, you have to be really strategic about some of those things, which yeah, is like it, one of the way it shines and one of the ways that it doesn't. You know, I and, mean, I'm and fine with, with that. It, yeah, you have to be strategic. I mean, again, I haven't played it a ton, but I've watched my roommate a bunch uh, who has played it, and you have to be strategic about like how you progress your characters, like character development. You like you kind of want your characters to be able to work in symbiosis with each other, yeah, and so you, you want to, to kind of like. Yeah, you have to yeah, know a lot, and you yeah. kind of have to like look ahead and on the trees and be like, okay, on the talent trees, and be like, okay, I want this person to like get this skill and perfect it, so it'll go in tandem with this person's skill, and totally. you kind of like want to plan those things together to synergize your your characters, which is just a lot of effort, but also kind of part of the game, so it's fun. No, I mean it's it's amazing. Like, and if anybody is listening right now and don't know, you don't know what we're talking about. Um, if you are, have any experience with video games, like Baldur's Gate is not your typical kind of like run around and slash at stuff like Skyrim kind of game. You know what I mean? Like um, there's a lot of elements that are similar and that you're building a character out and there's like uh, skills and magic and stuff like that, obviously. But where the differences really start to show themselves is like in the moment to moment kind of like com combat. You totally. know? So it's, it's kind of like extremely advanced Pokemon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's like a good way of putting it. It's just a, it's a back and forth thing. It's like a board game. You know, it's like chess. Totally. Like real time fast chess. Yeah, or, or like D&D &D where you do, there are moments where you have to roll for stuff and you're on a quest, you've got a party. I mean, in the background of every video game, there is that D&D &D roll yeah, dice right. system happening. There's like a front in this game. Right, yeah. right. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't really see like probability when you swing, when you hit X to swing in Baldur's Gate, but it absolutely is happening. There's like a attack ranking that's attached to your sword and your character's like strength level or whatever modified totally. by a bunch of different ways that's going up against the like defend or like counter ranking of whatever creature you're attacking and it's modifiers, you know, you just don't see them. And as you progress through the story, your characters get stronger, you, you know, your chances of hit, making those hits and like what those hits mean and stuff is to, it's all very deep and for anyone that was curious i kind of posted on my instagram and said that i said that i was buying it and i got like so many D dms <laughs> two kinds of answer that i got from people when i mentioned that that i bought it a bunch of people were like yes you're gonna love it hell yeah and then i got a few that were like damn we're never gonna see you again uh but rest mm. assured you will see me again um uh, i mean the way that i typically play video games like this is i will try it out for a little bit i'll get bored and overwhelmed and then i'll try it again later and i'll never put it down so you got me for a little while still because uh, that's what happened to me with like the witcher 3 i picked it up didn't think much of it put it down picked it back up a few months later and didn't come out We're of my room for a while Dude, yeah. remember your uh uh, oh gosh, what was that? I'm sorry. What, what was that video game you were so into at the end of our apartment phase? Oh, Borderlands. Yeah. Borderlands. Yeah. yeah. Remember your Borderlands phase? Oh my gosh, I do remember that. It's like all of us would be partying and we'd be like playing beer pong. We'd be like, where's Evan? Like, let's go find us. We'd be like 13 of us. We'd go over to his apartment because we all lived in the same apartment, like complex. And sure enough, he would be in there and he'd be very annoyed with us for like bringing the party into his apartment, setting up and just partying around him playing Borderlands. Such a good game. It's actually, I don't know. I don't think Borderlands has aged super gracefully. I agree. Uh, it's it was kinda, so good back in the day. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like Diablo, but like first person Diablo. Totally. totally. Killing just, people, taking their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so last thing that I'm going to mention, uh, and then I'll turn it over to you. All right. I went and saw uh, the new Hayao Miyazaki movie, the new Studio Ghibli oh, right. movie. I saw The Boy and the Heron at the Hollywood Theater here in town. I'm not going to say too much more about it because I made a TikTok video about it. I just want to let everybody know I really enjoyed it. 
It's a beautiful cool. movie. The the music, the sound design, it's it's weird. I didn't mention that in my TikTok video, and I think that maybe I sent a lot of people to go watch a really weird movie, and at the end of it, they were like, "Man, Evan said this was really amazing." <laughs> this is really what the weird. Fuck was yeah. that? It it gets really weird. Yeah, like it, it definitely. But you know what? But like, I mean, I feel like that's like the unspoken thing. I was like most gonna say. I was gonna say. Yeah. Chad, you're like absolutely right. I mean, like Spirited <laughs> Away gets really, really weird. Princess Mononoke <laughs> gets really weird. Nausicaa gets really weird. Howl's Moving Castle gets really weird. Really like, weird. <laughs> so, um, but this one definitely got. Oh, Ponyo gets really weird. Ponyo does get really weird. But like, uh, this one is weirder than like all of them. It gets oh, pretty really? fucking weird, dude. Like, like in a weird way. I know that sounds like uh, cyclical yeah. almost, but like in a um, and not problematic in an annoying way, in a way that lessens um, your experience of the movie. I think there were just there were there were a couple points of the movie where I was like, oh that's happening right now i guess okay. like it's a little weird that you're like wait 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 what i thought we were on this track and we were in so on totally a different one you know that is kind of how it feels sometimes but like you okay. just gotta kind of go it's just, you just gotta kind of go sure. with it like i mean the whole thing looks so amazing it sounds so amazing i'm pretty sure i understood it and i like really like what it was trying to say uh i mean like they kill kids mom like in the first like 30 seconds of the movie man <laughs> so you're all about that <laughs> just gotta kill his mom like just just if there's a mom like she's gotta just, die if stories were real dude you do not want to be the of a protagonist you definitely don't nah, especially, yeah, especially a, a male protagonist yeah like, for sure you're dead you're just you, your time is limited you know <laughs> your days are numbered if you're a mom like geez man uh, anyway, um, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't think, I think if I was going to rank it, which, you know, I, I everyone loves a good ranking because a lot of people on my TikTok video were like, well, where would you put it among all these movies and stuff? So I think Spirited Away is like, it's like my favorite, but like Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind is like right under it. They like kind of fight for first place, you know? Okay. Uh, Princess Mononoke was kind of like in the third place. Which I know that a lot of people would disagree with, too, because a lot of people, that one's their favorite, for sure. But I would say I liked The Boy and the Heron more than Princess Mononoke, but not as much as uh, Nausicaa or not as much as Spirited Away. So that's just okay. me personally. I just like the style. I think the art is really good. Just There's so many like skyboxes with like clouds and... Oh man, those those Studio Ghibli clouds. Oh, they'll those give me, they'll get tasty. you every time. The piano, like the dedicated like piano soundtrack and stuff, is just oh so beautiful. But yeah, I mean, go watch it for sure. Like it's it's definitely worth like ten bucks to go see it in theaters. Like I watch it on your TV, I guess. I mean, if you don't want to spend the money, obviously, like that's for sure. But like if if you if you want to go see a movie, like I mean, going and seeing a, a Ghibli movie, like a Hayao Miyazaki like legit Ghibli movie, like in theaters when it comes out, like. You don't it's get a, a lot experience. of opportunities to go do that, you know? No, I can't even no the you don't really get to see many animes, really, in theaters. I think the last one that I saw was The Wind Rises when that came out, which is also really good. Like, The Wind Rises is great. I don't think I've ever watched that. Oh, yeah, it's way worth watching. It's really, really good. This is a little slower, you know? I mean, I like all of his movies. Like, I like all the oh, studio's I movies. Yeah. I remember this yeah. one came out. I didn't watch it, though. Yeah, I saw that one in theaters. It was like 2014 or something. It's got Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's all for me for this week. I did a, a lot of stuff, but I also just was kind of all over the place with reading because I'm reading a very, very long fan fiction right now. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> so my other um, priority is, you know, I've got like, I'm reading so much, so much different stuff right now. But uh, hey, we put out some episodes this week. We're doing all yeah, right. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We're going to put out some more episodes this week too. All right. 
Damn, cool. damn straight. But that's all for me. Yeah, let me know what you did. What's going on with okay, you this so week? Okay, so I will get the boring, maybe not boring, but the one that everyone's tired of hearing out of the way. I'm still working on a He Who Fights with Monsters. I started one, I think, last week, and I'm almost done. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm about halfway through it. And it's great. It's everything that I love about the series that I've said a million times before, so I won't uh, bore anybody with it, but it, it continues to be amazing. And it's certainly recovered from its little stint of, you know, of a setting that I wasn't super uh, stoked about. I think I mentioned this last week, done with Dark Age, and I have not started Lightbringer. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't started Lightbringer yet because I'm waiting to do the episode because I just get my brain is does not have the memory that Evans does. And so I will quickly forget which book contains what scenes and then I'll start talking about one and it's just a mess. So I've stopped from uh, reading that. But as Evan was saying, you know, it is kind of tiring and I will be stoked to kind of like I was with Faithful in the Fallen, though I think I was a little bit uh, more stoked about that one than Evan was. It was good to read, loved it while it was there, but I was definitely stoked to finish it. And uh, I think I'll be I think I'll be rather stoked to finish Red Rising as well. Um, man, I, I just I don't want any of our lack of excitement about the back three to get in the way of anyone's. <laughs> reading the first three chad Those loves first the first three, three yeah i love them they're so really much. good yeah they're really really good I they're just different them. books they're, they're just different, they're different books different yeah. books yeah, yeah they're just they have different. like a whole different spirit yeah and like those first three they were so exciting like i just really 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 love the first three they're they're in my top five like series lists for oh, sure yeah. no they're amazing Sure. So, you know, I, I don't want to flavor the first three with uh, our, our experience of the, the back half of the series. Well, the back half hasn't been it hasn't been terrible at all by no. any means. Like, I think it's just a, it's a it's a confluence of what the content is mixed with what Chad and I have going on in our personal lives. And, you know, totally. we are we're readers first and content creators second. So it's it's like the content reflects like how we're feeling about reading stuff you know totally. so, like, we can't like lie about it and be like this is sick even yeah. though like we're like struggling through it <laughs> i don't know i also finished the fellowship and then Ooh. i started uh two towers all two towers huh? all two towers and it's a bit of a slog i'm not gonna lie <laughs> there's some like pretty sloggy parts in that book but you know i don't want to just focus on all the bad because i want to say one thing about tolkien that is just i don't quite know what it is and i know that um you made a really funny joke a couple i don't know maybe a year ago when we were talking about malazan where you said there's like a lot of pottery everywhere because i was talking about how historical <laughs> yeah. it was and you there's said so like, yeah, there's pottery. a lot of pottery ochre ochre yeah. clay pots everywhere so many <laughs> and there this kind of like tolkien kind of has a similar like there's not pottery everywhere but i think what you're kind of capitalizing on is the fact that this story, this world, not even just the story lives outside of like the story, the page that you're reading, but the world exists outside of the story. It exists beyond it. And it, Tolkien has this like depth to his writing that just makes it seem so visceral and like important. Like yeah. it's just it's just like really I don't even know if real is the right word, but it's just very important and epic. And what is happening is like very uh, and I'm going to say it again, important. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crucial. Yeah, it's yeah. crucial. So I don't know. Maybe if you don't have any pottery in your story and you're an author, throw some pottery in there because <laughs> it really is helping like the depth of like one of the, you know, think about Harry Potter and why the last book was not as enjoyable. Well, it wasn't in Hogwarts for a lot of it, which is kind of like what me, at least, and I know a lot of other re readers associate that story around. Like he wasn't at Hogwarts. And why is Hogwarts so awesome? Well, it's because it's, it exists outside of the story. It is this thing that is laden with mystery and like, you know, the room of requirement and all these little 
secret tunnels and things that exist because this thing is so old and so much story that has happened not in this story has happened within the confines within these walls you know and Harry Potter does those books do a very good job of capturing that essence within the Hogwarts castle and I think that's just a good example of kind of what I'm talking about of having this like your story has your your world has weight to it you know so add in pottery I say and secret passages <laughs> Metaf- metaphorical pottery and metaphorically pottery yeah. yes yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> okay so i almost am done with the second the scholomance yeah it's weird to say second to the scholomance because I, I know it's just like, call it scholomance I think is that okay okay i think that's what like a lot of people scholomance. do it's like yeah. what the series is called it's like saying uh you wouldn't say like I, i'm listening to the second the strokes album you would just say right. like the okay. second strokes album you know sure. okay like, that's a good example totally it's also, really I went through a little like strokes phase this week because of you last week telling me to listen to some strokes and like, dude, they're great. <laughs> yeah, they're so, so awesome. They're super, yeah. super great. Okay, so I'm not done with the second School of Man's book, which is called The Last Graduate. I'm almost, I'm probably about three fourths of the way through with it. And in my opinion, this series is only getting better. Hell yeah. Yeah. It's answering questions that I wanted answered. It's giving me world that I really needed to be answered and, and told about and expanding the characters and the relationships. And it's just, man, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I felt kind of bad. I feel like we gave the first book like kind of a ribbing, you know, and then like into the second one, it's like, it's obvious that like, we're not going to have the same kind of episode. No, I, I hope not anyway. I mean, I was kind of worried, like, upon finishing that first book, I was just like, oh, geez, like, are we going to have to, like, because we can't lie. Well, like, we can't just... I think Evan and Zoran both just really didn't like it that much. And I had some critical things to say about it, but mainly in my... In the middle. I was in the middle about it. I was between you and Zoran about it. Sorry totally. Totally. Zoran just, like, straight up did not <laughs> like it, you know, which is fine. I, in fact, yeah. you know, I think one of the most interesting things that can happen in our episodes is us having a difference in opinion that is rather severe and then talking about the why. So I think that's totally fine you know yeah but yeah i do think that you and zoran uh, i do think that you will like this next one a little bit more and i have high hopes that zoran will as well i just don't know her tastes as well as i know yours and so uh but i have i have high hopes okay the thing that i was kind of most excited and probably read the most of this week was murtag oh cool yeah i was reading it because like i'm su- i wanted to and I like the story, generally speaking, of Aragon, and I like the world, but I really wanted to just, like, put Aragon behind me, because we read the first three, and I know that if I let a year or two ha- pass before reading Murtag, I would feel this, like, strange, odd need to read the four, the four books, yeah, I four. think three, but there's four Aragon books before reading Murtag again, so I was like, no, I don't want that to happen, I'm going to read Murtag right now, even though... As of a few months ago when we finished the Aragon series, I was rather tired of Aragon. This book is great. Hell yeah. That's it's so like cool. Real good. Like oh, it man. is everything. If I didn't have so much to read. <laughs> I know, dude. I, <laughs> like, I want to read it. All of the good things about Aragon, like the first book, and it's that again. It's like oh, back cool. to its roots. Except he, he did uh Paolini, Christopher Paolini, the author, did a very good job. Because as he told us, he said, you know, I'll try to write this one with a little bit more of like an adult approach because he's not a kid. He wrote the last right. ones when he was a kid. So it's like it's a easy connecting like, oh, a kid wrote a kid book. Duh. And the adult wrote an adult book. And as duh as that might sound, he did a very good job. And yet he didn't lose that whimsical fant- fantasy essence. You know, that's so cool. That's- Sometimes can happen when an author gets like, I'm going to write an, a, a fantasy book for adults, you know, like sometimes like, OK, uh, we need a little bit more like 
magical funness, the more magical journey juice, please. And this book certainly has it. So if you're looking to uh, get yourself uh, more involved in the Aragon universe, Murtag is definitely the way to do it. It also helped me understand his character and some of his actions in the last book uh, oh. in the Aragon, like his interaction with the story. I'm like, oh, okay. I kind of get what you did that. All right. And it actually makes me like him more because I understand him more. So I recommend it a lot. I'm not done with it yet. So hopefully it has a really cool, awesome ending, but uh, it is certainly tying up some loose ends that existed about Aragon and also adding in a whole fresh new look and story to the Aragon world, which was pretty cool. You know, it's like, Seeing Allegacia, that's the name of the world, right? Yeah, Allegacia yeah, again. Yeah, nice, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Right. Yeah, it's like seeing Allegacia again, but through a whole new set of eyes, and you get to see the whole new wing of this house that you didn't even know existed, which is pretty cool. Man, that's so awesome. Yeah, I really want to read this. I've got, I just picked it up off my shelf because you were talking oh, about nice. it. And like, man, it's 600 and, oof, 680 pages. That's a, it's a thick book. That's a thicken. <laughs> it's a thicken for sure. So, uh, as far as shows that I've been watching that I want to mention, I just watched a few episodes of it, but I watched the the Human Flash. I think it's just called the hum, uh, the Flash on Netflix. I watched like four episodes of it or something. Oh uh, yeah, that's a thing. I just kind of thought it was gonna be like like Cracker Jack, like Marvel sort of top forty superhero stuff. Oh, is it really? Oh my gosh! Sorry, Flash. <laughs> Sorry, Flash. Uh, it? it was very good actually I, I really liked it hey it is dc look at me okay nice, sorry i had to look it up um yeah i heard it's pretty cool uh it's really good it's it's very well done and like it's nothing that you haven't seen before it's very right. not original like every episode is like oh there's like you know, there's like this inciting incident that happens in episode one that they're dealing with the consequences of for the rest of the season as far as i know like each episode there's like a new antagonist that they must dealt with that is uh, a result of this inciting incident that is just so happens to also give the flashes powers as well and so it's it's like nothing new and original but uh it's well done and super enjoyable like just on like you'll never be like oh man i was bored watching the flash all day like no it was it's super fun to watch yeah the flash never really interested me as a kid or even really as an adult because it's just like he's fast yeah he just runs is that is that really his whole thing is that he's just really fast totally yeah Oh, that's cool that they yeah, made an entire show, a good fast. show out of that. The thing that's funny about it, it's hilarious how often the Flash gets hit, like with a fist. <laughs> like no one should yeah. be able to hit yeah. the Flash. The man can run at like Mach 5. Literally like time slows for him when he's, he can dodge bullets. And he's but, getting like, punched in the face. Yeah, he gets surprised all the time when someone like sees someone and like you know this dude's like about to hit you, and then he hits him and he totally eats it. And then not only that, but he takes a combo. It'll be like jab, cross, hook, uppercut, cross, kick, and you're like, wow, you just ate all of those flash. <laughs> like that guy does not have the power of speed. Yeah, you do, and you just ate a combo. Like that's crazy to me that he gets hurt ever. Man, you know, it's. I know you're singing this show's praises, and I'm happy that you're enjoying it. Um, I mean, I really, and I like a lot of, like, you know, still watching Loki and stuff, and like, I like Marvel stuff. I like sure. some D, some of the DC stuff, but like, whenever in 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 most most instances of this happening, but with Marvel and DC and just these movies in general, whenever it kind of like the scene kind of descends into fists and kicks. <laughs> It loses me. Like it, it's just like, oh, now they're gonna punch their way through this situation. It's just they're really not good at the punching. I don't. I, I'm not even judging it from like a, a martial uh, perspective. I, or I, I know you are, but like, <laughs> but like for me, the reason I'm falling out of it is it's just like 
man, you guys all have superpowers, like all of you. And it's just, it seems weird that it would descend into, and I think that like, it could be so off base here, but I don't know, like, I, I think it might just be a thing that Hollywood uses to sort of kind of like bridge a sort of gap to the audience, oh, that, you yeah. know, like now it's time to fight. Like it's like a communique almost. It's like, yeah. it's like now we're, it's, it's, it's like, it's like filler almost. It's like a signal or something. Yeah. Like, but like if something, if the world is about to end because of some guys like nasty machinations, like just a punch to the face just seems weird to me. Like it always looks out of place in my mind. Like it, 100%. So yeah. I mean like, to your point about the flash it seems doubly so like silly it seems like i'd be even more like ugh, what the hell dude i say ugh all the time like ugh, how, why how is it explained at all no not oh, really okay, he just yeah. like i mean the other dude's like a baddie and they usually have powers or something but like the ability to like turn into poison gas shouldn't give you the ability to like serve like right. a jab cross combo to the human flash easier yeah, like if your superpower was a, a, a ridiculously fast ability for uh, punch combos, and like absolutely, totally get it. Man. <laughs> what but a like, foe to be reckoned with for the Flash, actually. Yeah, but like this guy shouldn't be able. To, like, there's this one fight where this dude uh, can split into he can make many, many of hims. So he's like, you know, if the Human Flash faces many a whole of army hims. of him, and the human flash gets like dogpiled time and time again by this dude who just like no speed anything he's just like a normal person multiplied by a lot of him and he eats so many punches from this guy it's just crazy to me how often that happens and i'm like wow i get not having our superheroes be like invincible but like find another way i wonder sometimes like to to be a fly on the wall in some of these writers rooms and like on yeah. the set and stuff because i feel like at some point someone would be like like if you caught it Right. right, right. I'm not saying they have to make those changes. You know, I, I don't, I don't know how the movie industry works or the film industry works. I'm sure they have to roll with, uh, if, you'll, if you'll forgive the pun, a few punches <laughs> now and then. You know, but like, oh, well done, Evan. <laughs> I understand that, but it's just like, at some point along the whole thing, multiple writers, multiple takes, multiple people working on this. Somebody, if you were able to catch that, I feel like somebody'd be like, "Why is the, the Flash eating all these punches?" Right. You know. But it's it's funny that it reminds like, even me. Even the actor when he's like doing the scene, like choreographing, wouldn't he be like, "Hey, wouldn't I dodge here?" Like... <laughs> but it reminds me of a um an exchange that allegedly happened between Ben Affleck and Michael Bay during the filming of the 1998 blockbuster hit Armageddon. Allegedly, what happened was that Ben Affleck went up to Michael Bay and he was like, "Hey, why do you have it so that?" these oil drillers are learning to be astronauts why wouldn't you have astronauts learn to to drill like, and i guess michael bay told him to shut up and get back to work <laughs> i feel like that's probably what i would be told if i was like hey why is the human flash the guy who's so fast like that's what he's known for being hit by like regular speed punches yeah when he dodged a bullet like five minutes ago yeah, they'd you know? be like we're making a tv show Go get back to work. Yeah, we're, we're trying to make up. exciting content. Get out of here. Yeah, like we can't not have anybody punching anybody. But wouldn't right, that right. be? He's got to get hit. Be pretty cool. But so, like, uh, did you see uh, Shang Chi and the Five Rings? No, I didn't. You should watch that movie. It's like it's um it's Marvel. Well, I can't remember what they're called. Phase Four or whatever it's called. Phase Three. I don't know. It's it's, it's post Endgame. Okay, where those movies are like those movies and shows are like. You mean the Legend of the Ten Rings? Is it the Ten Rings? I think it's, it's Ten Rings. And the oh, Legend sorry. of the Ten Rings. Yeah. I don't remember how many rings it was. Um, That's okay. That movie is really good. You should watch that. 
Really? And, yeah, cool. the fights, the fight scenes, and the choreography in that are I love being amazing. told about a superhero movie that's really good. That's like one of my favorite recommendations. Oh man, you're gonna love it. Seriously, like I know I was Hell thinking yeah. about you while I was watching. I should have told you to watch it years oh, ago dope. or months ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think you'll like it. And listeners, if you're listening right now, you've never seen it. Uh, it was a huge surprise. I think it came out around COVID, so it kind of like it just didn't get the release it was supposed to get. That you happened know, to a few movies. I think it came out in like 2020 or 2021 or something, and it just didn't quite like land when it was supposed to. But it's definitely oh, it's 2021. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite Marvel movies easily. Like wow, I was not expecting it at all. I just like threw it's it on praise. one night. Yeah, I was just because uh, I had already watched all the Marvel movies and stuff, and I was like, ah, I haven't watched any of this newer stuff. I still haven't watched the new Doctor Strange movie either. Oh, I've heard that was pretty. Good. Did you watch the first one? Uh, I did. I didn't finish it, actually. I watched like half of it, and then something happened. I got interrupted. Man, I saw the first Doctor Strange in theaters, uh, one of the rare Marvel movies that I have seen in theaters, and Ooh, uh, nice. the ending of it, the ending of it was very, very cool. Very visually, watch. Yeah, visually stimulating, for cool. sure. Okay, so I want to wrap up my section here just by uh, throwing some gratitude out at some countries, because there's some cool ones on the list today. Some first-timers, in fact. Finland? We are hey. 29th in Finland. Thank you, Finland. Thank you so much, Finland. Ireland, sorry that you get stuck as being dwarves in Scotland. You guys both get stuck as being dwarves in everything. Uh, your your accent is really abused out there in the world of fantasy movies and stuff. But you are 41st on the list, and we really appreciate it. Thank you, Ireland. Canada, this is, I think, the third biggest country. I think it goes to the United States, then I think it's the UK, and then I think it's Canada as far as like the biggest countries that listen to our podcast. So for the top fiver to be on the list is really, really big deal. So Canada, we're 58th Whoa. in Canada. Yeah. Wow. Thank you, Canada. We wow. jumped a few hundred points up. I don't know what content creator in Canada like shared us or something and, and pushed a bunch of Canadians. But thank you so much, Canadians. You are awesome. And uh, we appreciate you watching Book Reviews Kill. My favorite band is from your country. I will forever be grateful. Dude, it's shocking how many awesome things are from Canada. Like you don't really oh, they yeah. get advertised so as much. Canadian. But then oh. you learn and you're like, oh, wow. Such a cool country. Such a cool country. Right up above us. Right up there. Right up above us, dude. And so much like cool land is up there, you know? Like, yeah. oh, I live in Oregon. We both live in Oregon. And it's like, there's all this like really cool, like rugged territory. And then I think of like, where else in the nation we can find that? And then I think, well, I'm in Canada. It's like all that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really beautiful place, I'm sure. Yeah, it's really beautiful. And then finally, we've got Portugal at 78. Thank you so much. Uh, a new one. I don't know if this country has ever been on the list before, uh, which I'll end with is Germany. At hey. 87. So thanks, Germany. Dankeschön. Yeah, Dankeschön. Is it Dankeschön? Dankeschön? Schön. Schön. Dankeschön. <laughs> I don't know why they're so serious. Dankeschön. <laughs> I have uh, a package to open real quick. Oh, nice. Cool. Book mail. Before I do that, uh, the book mail will be the last part of the episode, everybody. But before that, uh, we'll put a link in the description for this episode for you. But uh, we're doing a Secret Santa like giveaway exchange thing through the Discord. And I will put the link in the description like i said uh it's through elfster which keeps all of your information like private or whatever i didn't put a uh spending limit or anything so spend if you if you got five bucks that's cool maybe you get matched up with someone who's throwing down a couple hundred that's just the way it works uh i don't like doing the spending limit or anything nah. i feel like the spending limit you should be able to bless however you want right want to yeah bless. it's like if someone has the means and you want to give somebody a lot of books then go for it and if you're not trying to spend that much this year but you do want to give somebody a gift like i just feel like whenever a spending limit is set it almost there's like this unconscious like i need if i don't hit the the 35 dollar mark right. or whatever then i'm not doing enough and like that's not 
what this is about. Like it's just and someone wants to participate when they only have ten bucks. Yeah, even know? if someone has something on their wish list that's like three or four bucks, just like yeah, it's a nice, very thoughtful gesture. Everybody buys themselves books for Christmas and stuff, and like every it's just it's just really nice to get something in the mail from somebody that's in the same community as you. And that's kind of like what I'm trying to foster with this. So we'll put the link in and like, don't stress about it or anything. It's by the 17th of December. So we still got about a week, you know, share some, some love, you know, uh, speaking of sharing some love, I got a package in the mail uh, and I didn't, if I can just feel when it's books. Um, mm, so uh, it's a little mangled, you know, what day did it come? I can see the package. Everyone, everyone, Evan has not opened it. I have not, but the, this is a little open up here. And then like, this. Oh, is yeah, kinda, yeah. somebody definitely kind of like threw this around. So I hope the books are okay. What day did you get it? I want to know how the level of your discipline. Uh, I got it. What's today? Sunday. I got it on Friday. So wow. Okay. Yeah. You let, let a whole, whole weekend divide. That's pretty good. Yeah. I was pretty proud it's of myself. It's hard to not open those right away, man. It's very difficult. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Like, we're, yeah. like, like, I really want to just rip into it. Hey, cool. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let me read the notes here. Uh, okay. So one of them says, oh, they put two people's gifts in one bag. Oh, wow. Interesting. So one says, uh, this is from Serene. Thank you, Serene. It says, Serene. Happy Yola Boca Flu, Icelandic book flood. Tis the season yeah, to cozy up with a book and, and float into the new year from Serene. So because of this, I don't know which... And then the other note says, enjoy your gift from Samantha K. Stouffer. So thank you. Or Stouffer. I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Uh, so we've got two books here. Uh, one of them is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which it's funny. We were just talking about this uh, and I put it, I just threw it up on my, oh, my list and I we kind of forgot about it. Book. I'm really excited to read this. That's a book that has the potential to change the way you think. Wow. This is awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. And I really like the cover and everything. And I, I'm just, I've been meaning to read this for quite some time. So I really, really do appreciate that. Before you move on to the next one real fast here, for anyone who doesn't know, the Icelandic tradition of Yola Boca Flood is a tradition where books are given as Christmas presents and opened on December 24th, Christmas Eve. That's awesome. Yeah, the best. Yola Boca Flood. This other book I got, I'm so sorry to, to the person that sent this to me, but I already have a copy of it and it's Between Two Fires by Christopher Buhlman, a book that I very much love. I love it so much, in fact, that I'm going to send it to Chad yes. for Christmas. I was yeah, obviously. just going to say, I'm going to wait till he's done, then I'm going to recommend no. <laughs> he sends it to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because like I already have it. You just you effectively just bought Chad uh, Between Two Fires, um, which is just as good as buying it for me. I've but I'm also Between Two Fires. Well, I was planning on sending you something anyway. Ooh. Like Alexander Darwin, uh, an Orbit author, uh, sent me his debut book, uh, The Combat Codes, which is about like, I guess it's about like countries who like, instead of fighting wars, they just have like one like champion that fights oh, the like other hero system. Yeah. And so like, that's like the bit, the premise. And I knew that that's you would awesome. absolutely freaking love this book. So, but it's funny because like a good premise. Orbit sent me the book and then Alexander hit me up on Instagram uh, or was it the other way around? No, I, I think it was Alexander hit me up on Instagram and sent me uh, the first book and then I was, you know, I was like, thanks. I'll try to get to it as soon as I can. And then like a month later, Orbit sent me uh, the first book and the sequel <laughs> just out oh, of the wow. blue. They just had my address and they just sent it to me randomly. Uh, and that happens to me sometimes. Uh, so now I have two copies of com uh, the combat codes. So I'm going to send you, Chad, the combat oh codes gosh. and so between excited. two fires. Uh, yeah. and I'll, I'll see what else I have kicking around well, here. I got a few books that I need to send to you too, actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll get matched up for the for the elf. Who is that from? Oh, uh, well, so I see. I don't know. Um, well, oh, right. It might be Serene. Serene. Thank you. If it was. It might be Serene or it might be Samantha. So either Serene or Samantha or both of you, I should say. Thank you so much for sending stuff. I mean, yeah, thank you. like getting stuff in the mail is just, oh my gosh. It's like, it's such, it's such a treat every single time. And Chad and I now 
wait until Sundays to open it, which, so which kills me a little bit every week. I do think we get more out of it, though, because every time you see it, you get excited about it again. Yeah, I do. So it's like a tripling the excitement, you know, if you get it three days before. Man, yeah. uh, I would recommend reading Between Two Fires when you're in a uh, when, you, when you've had a good week, you know, like, oh, like, <laughs> like if you if you feel like you could be brought down a peg, then. Mm then read between two fires i'm gonna wait for a few weeks I feel it's, like. it's an incredible <laughs> book it really is. it's like a I, I think it's like a, a masterpiece honestly of like horror, really well. horror fantasy like yeah christopher buhlman is, is very very good at what he does uh but then yeah zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance um Dude, i'm excited for you to read that it's heavy it's thick and heavy but it, it is very very important uh yeah, i think like 400 pages like that's not too bad yeah that, i don't mean it's thick and heavy like that it's just thick, thick and heavy in content you'll read one page you'll be like i need to read that again sure and yeah you'll just sit on it for a minute you know all right everybody well thank you so much for listening to this episode that's going to do it for us today here on the monday morning minute happy hanukkah to everyone yep happy holidays happy hanukkah to those who celebrate uh christmas is coming up here pretty soon new year's uh wow we're we're almost wrapped up with 2023 and uh exciting times these we're gonna be taking it easy in 2024 you know and by taking it easy yeah i mean we're gonna be reading malazan which man i'm so excited I'm so excited I'm for it. All excited for it. <laughs> They're going to be such fun episodes. So much fun. And Throne of Glass. I'm excited for that Throne too. Throne of Glass is going to be great. Yeah. I don't know how many people we got left here on the tail end of the episode after we all said we were, we were leaving. But 100%. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that I can break some cool news to everybody soon. Cool. Uh, I keep getting more cool news. And yeah, I still do. can't say anything. Dude, that's <laughs> like almost it's... harder than not opening the book mail, honestly. You've had some yeah. real uh, life-altering news newses yeah. that have happened. Uh, man, and I applaud you. for You're a very publicly-facing person. A little teaser for everybody there. but <laughs> Nice. Um, Always got to end on a nice little teaser note. Yep, yep, totally. It keeps them coming back, everybody. But I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And, of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.